This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mamaliti. People thinking that working for yourself is the best bet, but it's really hard when you're like a one-man party and you can ask other people, but at the end of the day, it's you that knows what's right. So yeah, it's hard, but give yourself the benefit of the doubt and see where it takes you. For me, everything that leaves my kitchen has my name on it. So I got to make sure that it's up to standards, but I think the greatest part about it, I know that I put 110% into everything that I send out because it has my name on it. You know that that person's going to get exactly what you want them to receive. That's entrepreneurs Vanessa and Alana Mamaliti. These two powerhouse entrepreneurs are my talented nieces. So we come from a family of foodies, where food is at the heart of everything. It's how we express our love, our gratitude, and appreciation. Vanessa is the creator of her company, All Aboard, a unique charcuterie board experience for every occasion. And Alana is the baker behind Fill Me Up Buttercup, creating decadent, mouth-watering, and picturesque sweet treats. Thank you both. I can't believe we're finally doing this. Woo! Hey. (laughs) Vanessa, you've had a love for food and probably one of the most developed palates I've seen in a little itty bitty girl. So what gave you the idea to open your own business? Since I was a little kid, I always wanted to do something with food. I always wanted to start my own food truck. Um, And then I just started, every time my family came over, I just started making charcuterie boards. And I realized it's something that I really liked being creative with all my boards. They're all very unique. What are some of your favorite meats and cheeses to pair together? So my favorite meats and cheeses are Copa de... Okay, I'm a vegetarian, but I'm not going (laughs) to lie. I've had to taste it. (laughs) (laughs) So I use uh, Copa de Parma. And then mm-hmm. two different types of Genoa salami. And then I use um, uh, Fini Parma prosciutto, which I think are mm. probably the best kinds of meats that you can get. I like to pair those with hard cheeses, which are like manchego, queso, like drunken goat, those kinds of cheeses. Um, they're very different. You wouldn't, you wouldn't come around them at like a grocery store, but I promise you if anyone goes to like St. Lawrence Market or any of those little cheese boutiques, you try these cheeses, they are outstanding. A lot of people wouldn't pick them up because they sound a little odd, but they're unreal. Then that entices me to try it. When it sounds a little odd, it's like I want to try it. They're very odd. There's a lot of them. Like there's a wasabi gouda that I love. It's very odd. No way. It's, yeah, it's unreal though. There's another... There's like jalapeno ones. There's all different kinds of ones. They're so odd, but they're so good. The wasabi one is so pretty too. Okay. Does the wasabi one though, is it like a real spice? Do you get a lot, just a hint of the wasabi or is it like right in the forefront, a hint of a wasabi? No, you get a hint. You get more of the gouda. Yes. Nice. Well, Alana. Hello. Now I know you had a passion for baking also at a very young age, like your sister and I think around seven years old, you were the only kid in a lineup of adults waiting to get your Anna Olson cookbook signed by the chef herself. When did you know you wanted to turn this into a career and open up a business of your own? For as long as I could remember, I was in the kitchen, whether it was coming home from school and being with my nunna um, or cooking, watching my parents or eating anything that was in the kitchen. Um, And then I just started watching the Food Channel. 
And I remember watching Anna Olsen and how beautiful her kitchen looked and everything was just pristine and pre-measured and beautiful. And I'm like, that's me. So actually funny story, Vanessa and I um, filmed a little cooking show of our own when we were I'd say about (laughs) nine and 10, maybe at the most. Um, And then from there, I'm like, you know what? I think, I think I got this in the bag. So I started on whatever I needed to do, whether it was meeting Anna Olson, um, practicing my own baking. And then I developed my own business and I'm kind of, I'm content with where I am now. Um, Being on TV is a little bit of a fear of mine. So maybe not going that route, but yeah, I love what I do. Definitely. Describe your filled cupcakes for those that haven't tried them yet. Okay, so um, I make the batters from scratch. Um, They are my own recipes that I have adapted. Um, Made a lot of errors over the years, but I think I've I've definitely nailed it now. Um, I scoop out the middle um, and I fill them, like overstuff them to the point of explosion (laughs) sometimes. Um, and then I ice them with different things. I would have to say that the toppings are definitely my favorite part. So I make the brownies myself. I make the cheesecake myself. The cannolis are freshly filled. Pancakes are fresh. Um, and it's probably decorating them that really makes me love doing it so many times over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, they're, I want it to be a cupcake with a dessert on top. So that's my go-to mentality for all of them. Let's play a couple of games. First one, this or that. The choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with that. Dine-in or delivery? Dine-in. Dine-in. Cupcake or pie? Cupcake. Pie. Sorry. (laughs) Alana? You know what? I'm not surprised Vanessa said pie because Vanessa's favorite thing in the entire world is pumpkin pie. So I'm not offended, but I might start crying. (laughs) Okay, Asiago or truffle cheese? Ness, go. Truffle cheese, 100%. Netflix or cable? Lana, go. A Netflix, hands down. Online shopping or in-store? Online. Alana, carnivore or veggies? Uh, I know what Vanessa's okay. is. Okay, veggies <laughs> unless it's spaducci. <laughs> if it's spaducci, then I'm going for the spaducci. Okay, interesting. What's worse, laundry or doing dishes? Vanessa go first. <laughs> oh my god, definitely laundry. <laughs> definitely. Alana? Guys, I don't know how to do laundry. Um She doesn't do laundry. <laughs> I don't. So this is this is going to be great. Um she doesn't cook, she doesn't do laundry. Um but <laughs> she... <laughs> but she can bake up a storm. But if you yeah, if you'd like some sugar then I can I can make you some cupcakes. Okay, dog or cat? Duh, dog, dog. Who's cuter, Gus or Bruno? Bruno, Bruno. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's. <laughs> you guys have to see the way he's just staring at me on my lap right now. He is. He is so cute. And Gus doesn't. Move. Okay. So both of them have English bulldogs. Vanessa's dog is Bruno. Alana's is Gus. Yeah, so apparently they both agree that it's Bruno. <laughs> Bruno's yeah. definitely cuter. Yeah, Bruno has like this sweet face that just looks at you and like his eyes melt your heart. Where Gus has like these bolder shoulders and you think that he's just going to knock you over every five he's seconds. He's got the gargoyle look. He's got the gargoyle look. I've been privileged enough to taste your treats all the way through over the years and how long did it take you to perfect your cake recipe so that 
because a good base is always the perfect start to any dessert. So how long did that take you to perfect it? Um, vanilla probably took me a good four tries. Um, I, I realized that the big key in vanilla is the vanilla that you use. Um, and chocolate was super hard. I have to say that took me about 10 tries because, and I think Vanessa can, can say this. I've given them a lot of cake scraps, uh, chocolate cake scraps because it, it's the leveling with the baking soda and cocoa powder that is really hard to nail. Um, and not going to culinary school and kind of just feeling it out for yourself was a, a great learning curve for me. Um, but yeah, I think I'm not even a chocolate person. And I think I prefer my chocolate cake over my vanilla cake. Definitely. When we talk about the cake recipe, what about texture? Because there's so many different textures. You want to get the right consistency, like not too airy, not too dense. Did that take you a while? Yes. So when you're having a cupcake, you want it to be light, fluffy, airy, especially when I'm topping it with all these heavy ingredients or like a lot of ingredients, right? Um, But when you're having a cake, I realized that it needs to be a little bit more dense, especially when you're having tiered cakes, um, wedding cakes that are outside for long periods of time. Um, You know, you want it to withstand any sort of decoration like fondant. Um, So playing around the recipes was really hard because you want to find that middle ground. Um, while also having something that can go well with different flavors. And I know that sounds so obvious, but sometimes you have a chocolate cake that is just too chocolatey and it's not going to go well with other chocolate pairings. It's going to be too much. So yeah, just really finding that balance in flavors and textures was, was a big one. How do you decide on the flavors and what inspires like the different flavors, like your Joe Louis, your sweet and salty, give me s'more, biscoffy. The Breakfast Club. I mean, the names actually are hilarious, but both you and your sister are very funny <laughs> with the names. I love it. When I came out with my new menu um, in January, my kitchen was covered corner to corner. Um, and I was just mixing. I would find whatever ingredients that I thought would taste good. And I would try a little bit of this with a little bit of that and a little bit of that and a little bit of that. And I'm like, okay, these two taste really good together. Let's try this on top. And then you put that on top and you're like, wow, yep, nailed it. And then once you get the, I guess the three components together, um, Mm -hmm. you dress it with exactly what it is. So if it's a Nutella brownie cupcake, you're putting a full brownie on top of it. If it's a cannoli cupcake, you're putting a full cannoli on top of it. If it's a Joe Louie, you're putting a full Joe Louie on top of it. It's Mm, That's my jam right there. Yeah. Yeah. See, then it's like maybe the Joe Louie one's my favorite. I don't know. But um, I'd say it's it's a lot of trial and error and a lot of sugar highs. <laughs> okay, we're going to do rapid fire. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Um, to read people's minds. That's terrible. Okay, <laughs> sorry. No, maybe to time travel. Yeah. I would want to have an invisible cloak. I know the question isn't for me, but. <laughs> Lana wanted in. What is your junk food kryptonite? Uh, honestly, it sounds weird, but like a box of crackers, like salty, salty crackers. <laughs> so boring. No, no, no. Like, so, like, like the saltiest crackers. If your fridge could talk, what would be the one word it would use to describe you? Make up your mind. <laughs> Make up your mind. <laughs> <laughs> You've got five minutes to move into a new kitchen and you can only take one item with you. What would it be and why? Um, my coffee machine. Oh, 
I take it you're ugly without the caffeine. I'm just oh, saying. Oh, yes. My coffee machine <laughs> broke this morning. And so did my succulent. So I'm having a rough morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Describe your culinary style in two words, Alana Go. Um, messy but clean. No, you took mine. I would honestly <laughs> say I'm, I'm a very um, clean baker, but for some reason, the sink piles up. So I think that I'm working really clean until I turn around and all the, the disasters in the sink. I honestly, I think I am 10 times worse than Alana. And I think my mom and Matt would have to agree. I am definitely a tornado. Yeah. Not, not one fork goes unused when she's cooking. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Favorite curse words you use in the kitchen? Um... Mom, close your ears. Mine's pretty bad. I don't even know if this is allowed. Shit balls. <laughs> okay. And it's not, it's not the one or the other. It's the both together. But like, you don't, you never like yell it. <laughs> I said that at Matt's family's house one night. I was a little wine drunk. And that's what came out of my mouth. And Matt looks at me and was like, why did you just say that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Justin Timberlake brought sexy back. What would you bring back? The jean on jean trend. Oh, the Canadian tuxedo. I love the Canadian tuxedo. I think we should totally bring it back like a pair of skinny jeans with like a jean jacket. I think it's cute. I'm going to say the Mandarin because it's not closed. <laughs> the Mandarin. It's never coming back. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And Ness, if someone wants to try putting together a charcuterie board of their own, what do you suggest they start with? Like the base of, of, a, of a charcuterie board? So I would start with your brie, 100%. Mm -hmm. And then I would top it with honeycomb. You can get that anywhere. Um, honeycomb is probably the best thing to put on brie. Mm. Um, I would get a manchego. That's another one. For people that like soft cheeses, burrata is really good. I would top it with a little bit of pistachio and honey as well. Oh, that's good. Anything with pistachio. Anything with pistachio, right? And then, so if you guys come across the Marcangelo um, packs, the three kinds of meat, it's Copa de Parma, mm -hmm. prosciutto, and Geno salami. So I think those that, that's like a great start to put on it. Okay, what about breads, nuts, fruits? Do you add them as well? So I try to stay away from nuts because of allergies. I don't work in a peanut-free facility. I let everyone know that. But I do stay away from them just in case. Um, but yeah, fruits and nuts, if you want to put those on there, it tastes great with cheese, your wine that you're drinking, whatever it is. What's your favorite to pair with a charcuterie board? Any kind of like Napa Valley cab is my favorite. Nice. And then breads, I love using different kinds of breads. So I like using like the color breads, like... Um, hard bread or there's an there's an olive bread I love using it tastes really good with it there's there's a fruit and nut bread that's from St. Lawrence Market if anyone ever goes down there it's in the basement floor it is the best bread in the world <laughs> okay Ness what's your favorite cheese drunken goat drunken goat is a hardened goat cheese from Spain and it is soaked in wine what yeah say less oh <laughs> my gosh that is hands down the best cheese in the world see si, senorita i'm mary mamaliti and you're listening to the kitchen confession podcast today i'm talking with vanessa and alana mamaliti these two dynamic entrepreneurs also happen to be my nieces 
So I'm going to get into some of the entrepreneurial questions. I'm going to start with Alana. So what's one thing you wish you had known when you began your business? Ooh, numbers. That's a big one. Mm. Um, knowing that there's so much more, what you people see on the front um, and the whole baking aspect is probably 10% of the business. Um, the other 90% of the business is just knowing your inventory, um, your stock, your profit, um, everything that is spent behind closed doors is so much more important than what people see up front. Cause that's really what keeps your business going. Like, yeah, you can love what you do, but if it's not making you money, then you'll never be able to make a living off of it. So that's, that's definitely something that I learned. Um, I did the hard way, but it, it taught me a good lesson. What is one common myth about entrepreneurship that you want to debunk? You want to let people know that it's not always what it seems to be. I get this a lot from strangers is, wow, you must have such great hours. <laughs> and if I could say anything, it's the biggest downfall is probably the hours where it's like, it's a Friday night and you want to go out with your friends and it's a Saturday night and you want to go out with your friends, but you know that you're the only person that can get the job done. Um, that's when the love really has to step in and take over and say, you know what, you know that you love doing this. Um, but that, that is probably the biggest misconception where your, your clock never ends. Mm -hmm. I'll be out sometimes and my emails are going and you, you got to stay on top of it. You're never, you're never off the clock. Yeah. I think I can relate to that um, as well. People thinking that, you know, like working for yourself is the best bet. Um, but it's really hard when you're like, a, you're working alone and like you're a one man party and you don't know if something is, you know, if, you, if something is right or something looks good or you have to make a really hard decision, I guess, you know what I mean? Because you can ask other people, but at the end of the day, it's you that knows you, you, you that knows what's right. This one's a little toughy. What's your biggest, we'll use the word mistake for this. What's your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? Um, if I can bring myself back to last year, it was saying yes. Um, the word yes just gave me um, never ending hours um, to the point of burnout, I'd say. Um, but it, I think it was pulling myself back and realizing that if my heart's not in it, then I'm not doing what I love. And you know, people recognize when you're doing something you love as opposed to just doing something for a paycheck. And my biggest thing was in order to find what I actually love doing, I had to stop doing it for a little while. Um, but that was probably my biggest downfall. My heart wasn't in it for a little while, but I, I wanted to bake. I wanted to get back in the kitchen. I wanted to do it. And that's when I knew that it wasn't the baking that I fell out of love with. It was the never ending hours that I had full control over. So when I learned to control that, I definitely, it was this newfound love for me. The best piece of advice that I can give someone that wants to start in this like creative business um, to stop comparing yourselves to other people. And I think that's what I, and other, and other people that are, have been doing this for years upon years and you just, you just started. So kind of just to like, you know, just, give yourself the benefit of the doubt and see where it takes you. Because at the end of the day, like everyone's is going to be different and you're not going to be the exact same as, as everyone else. I think that's why I started all aboard as well. Like I just wanted to make sure, like I know everything's pretty custom and stuff like that, but I wanted to make sure that everyone knows that all my boards and boxes are all unique. And so, yeah, it's hard. Obviously a lot of people want to know what they're getting inside and what it's going to look like 
but I, I put so much love into it that everything is always different. It's always going to be different depending on how I'm feeling that day and the colors that I want to use and, you know, et cetera. I have to say though, that, um, the greatest part about it is the most stressful part about it is that everything that leaves, like for me, everything that leaves my kitchen has my name on it. So I got to make sure that it's up to standards, but I think the greatest part about it and why I maybe I'm so hesitant to take on more people. Um, it's because I know that I put 110% into everything that I send out because it has my name on it. Exactly. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's like, it's a give and take you, you work the hours um, to send out what you know is like up to your perfect standards, but then you know that that person's going to get exactly what you want them to receive. I'm always curious, and I I always ask every entrepreneur, how has this pandemic affected your business and how have you had to pivot to keep business and creativity going? Um, I would say it it really skyrocketed orders in the beginning. I'm not going to lie. People were home. They were eating. um, Mm -hmm. They were hungry. They... I think I can speak for most, both me and Vanessa, we started offering uh, delivery and people really took advantage of that, which was good to see because at the same time, it minimized traffic coming to our house, especially because we started living with my grandmother. Um, but it, it really did. It picked up business and people started, which was really cute. People started sending like for me, um, cupcakes to other people with like a little tag written on them. And, you know, even in days where like you're kind of, uh, you feel secluded, you almost feel like you're a part of that connection between the two people because you take the order from one person and then you drop it off to someone else and you see the reaction and you're like, you know what? I don't know when was the last time you saw this person, but I just, I want to give you both a hug when this is over. Like it, it was, it was, it was cute. And, you know, I think all three of us can actually relate to this, that food is love. Mm -hmm. You know, we grew up in an Italian family where even when we have holidays, we're always sitting at the table and eating. Whether we just ate uh, five seconds ago, it's just, it's a way of socializing. It's a way of showing each other how much we love each other. Um, Maybe it's the European in us, but we just, seeing that people were using food as a way to give comfort or to give um, a sweet little message to someone else. It was, it was nice. It was really nice to see. A feel good moment. Yeah, exactly. Are there any online um, resources that you guys use? Before I started this, I was looking at, there was a couple companies that started this that were in Australia. And I was just so amazed at how beautiful their work was. And I kind of just looked at how the placement of everything, it was a little different the way that they do it. There's this more like flout out where I like a little bit of hype. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where a lot of us find that inspiration, even for what I do. And I'm sure for what you guys do is online, you kind of get that little burst of inspo and, yeah. and run with it. Yeah, I, I was honestly, I was going through my Instagram the other day and I'm like, I don't follow anything more than desserts and dogs. I am it's just, like mine. <laughs> that is just, it's my life in a nutshell. I love desserts. I love dogs. And sometimes I'll like come across something on Instagram and I'm like, that would be delicious in a cupcake. And even sometimes I'm like, you know what, maybe it won't be delicious in a cupcake, but I'm going to make it so that it's like the best thing that someone's ever tasted. And I want when people look at my stuff to know that it's mine. You know, like that, like that over the top cupcake where you're getting like the cupcake, the brownie or the cheesecake or the cannoli. Like it's just, it's a handful of desserts that you need like 15 bites to get through. 
but definitely I'd say Instagram is a huge inspiration just to find anything random. What techniques are you currently trying to master in the kitchen right now? The one thing that I've never made, which I feel like I would definitely butcher it, but I would love to try (laughs) is to make my own bread, my own sourdough. Which oh, I feel like the sourdough everyone, starter. Everyone's been doing that in quarantine, which I have not gotten the chance to do so. So I think that's one thing I want to I want to try. So then at least I can use that bread on my boards. Do you guys remember Tamagotchis? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So it's like the Tamagotchi for adults. Yeah. Because you got to keep on feeding it. And then knowing me, I'll kill it halfway through. But apparently I was told that it's difficult to, to kill. I don't know if that's true, but I don't think I'm mature enough to have a sourdough starter. So apparently, succulents don't die. (laughs) I'm sorry to my succulents, but I thought that you water it. Yes, you take care of it. But my Tamagotchi lived. It was thriving, okay? (laughs) My succulent lasted maybe three weeks. And I'm like, great, I killed what could not be killed. Okay, so maybe we rethink this sourdough starter until you both can be a little more mature enough to feed your sourdough starter. (laughs) Do either of you have like a signature recipe that you want to share? Just a quick one. You know what? I'll share my how to show recipe. The one that's lasted me the longest that I memorized off Mm. the top of my head. Um, So it's two cups water, one cup butter, two cups flour, and then four eggs. You melt the butter into the water. You add the flour. Um, I usually add a little bit of vanilla extract because that always makes everything super tasty. Um, And then you mix in the eggs, scoop it up, and bake at 400 degrees. You just put them into little balls, right? Yeah. You literally, you could just, you could use like a a tablespoon. Um, You could use like an ice cream scoop. You could use a piping bag if you want to get fancy. I use an ice cream scoop because I find the more rustic they look. It, it's, it looks like homey. Um, yeah. And then load it up with custard, cream, literally anything you want. Ice cream, anything. I was going to say maybe a dressing. I literally just eyeball everything. So I can't even give you guys measurements right now, but I put olive oil. I put a little bit of the Portuguese white wine vinegar. Mm, I put yeah. oregano, mm. about a tablespoon of Dijon mustard garlic powder, salt, and pepper. And then I put it in a mason jar and I shake it up and I let it sit in the fridge for like an hour until it gets really cold. That's my favorite recipe. Okay. And I ask all my guests, what's your kitchen confession? Do you have one that you can share with us? Um, I listen to country music when I'm decorating cupcakes and I sing at the top of my lungs. So, you know, I'm in the decorating process when the TV gets shut off and the country music comes back on. And yeah, I sing at the top of my lungs because no one's here to judge me. (laughs) Ness, what's yours? I make myself a gourmet sandwich with the bread that I am about to use. No meat involved. And some cheese on the side before I start my boards because or else I repeat everything. <laughs> a little panino to go. Even, so you have the panino. I have actually done this around like eight o'clock in the morning before because I know that it's going to take me so long to make them that I'm going to starve. So I have to eat it before. <laughs> the funny thing is, I know you're not lying. I'm not. I'm, I can I'm, definitely I I see this. I wish I was lying. <laughs> all right so where can our listeners connect with you both online uh at fill me up buttercup 
And I am at All Aboard Teal. It's that time. We've reached the end of another show. Be sure to visit kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. I'd like to thank producer and editor Matt Agnew. And I'm Mary Mamaliti. See you at the next episode.